For the next few weeks uh, during this Make Room for God series, typically I've talked about Bible reading and prayer and fasting and all those kind of things, but I, I want to take a little different approach this year. I actually want, since we've, we had so many new people come into Generations United over the last year and a half, uh, and, and I really want to take the next five or six weeks during this series and unpack for you the vision, mission, direction of Generations United Church. How do we operate? What, what, what are we about? And, and if you look on the back of the Make Room for God card, there's a statement back there that we're going we're gonna to unpack uh, over the next four or five weeks. But basically, we're gonna, we really want to just kind of dive into the ethos of who we are. Uh, ethos is the characteristic spirit of a culture, an era, or a community as manifested in its beliefs and aspirations. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about. What is the characteristics of this culture? What is the characteristics of this community? What do we believe? What are our aspirations? How do we get there? And I'm going to tell you straight up, we're not a perfect congregation. Uh, first and foremost, because the pastor of this congregation is very much imperfect. Okay? Uh, and then the second place is because the congregants of this congregation are very much imperfect. Amen? So we're, we're really just a bunch of cave-dwelling individuals trying to get it right. More or less. That work? So we're all in the same boat, trying to get this right, trying to make an impact uh, on the world for God, and trying to live biblically as best we can. Does that sound like us? Okay. You guys are really kind of hesitant this morning. If you've ever taken the leadership cohort that I teach during our, our group life sessions, you've heard me talk about the core values of Gen U. You've heard me talk about how we're multi-generational. Uh, there's probably five to six generations that make up this community of faith. Uh, you can look around today and you can see some very young individuals. You can see some that are not so young anymore. And then there's a whole bunch of us in between. And, uh, and that's by design. That's by design. We want to have experiential worship. We want to be biblically Pentecostal. Uh, we're not traditional Pentecostal. If you come into this church looking for denominational uh, Assemblies of God type church that's, that's very traditional across the board, you won't find that here. Uh, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying that's not us. I'm saying that's not us. I'm saying we're attempting to be biblically Pentecostal. I'm saying that we want, if we do it at Gen U, we want it to be biblical. We want it to look the Bible. We want it to be the Bible. And we want to know what the Bible says about being Pentecostal individuals. Uh, restoration is the centerpiece of everything. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Nobody fighting alone. Um, you know, we want spiritual and community formation, which also leads into biblical literacy. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on today. But one of the great problems in, America, in the American church is that we have multiplied thousands of individuals that go to church every Sunday or on a regular basis, whatever that is, uh, as a matter of fact, the actual regular attender now, the actual regular attender of church in America now, they get one Sunday out of five. Yeah, so kind of do some math in your own experience with church. Are you a regular attender or are you more? If you will, thank God for you. If you're more, then praise God. Uh, but that is, the, that is the average regular attender makes one out of five Sundays. They are considered to be a regular church attender in the, in the United States of America. Um, very interesting. Uh, I attend more than that. Um, sometimes I don't want to, and Kim makes me come. So <clears throat> you're the pastor. You've got to be there. But biblical literacy is a problem. 
biblical literacy is a problem that we have people that are growing up in the church that have been in church for many, many years that don't know anything more than just the basic stuff. And we want to be more than that. We want spiritual and community formation, and they go hand in hand. And then we're global missions-minded. We, we do missions trips around the world, have for many, many years. We support our local community efforts and, and reach into our communities as well. But we want global missions. Those are the core values of this church, this community of faith. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about how we at Generations United attempt to make room for God through the vision of this community of faith. So here it is. Generations United is a family-oriented community of faith where anyone at any stage of life can experience the dynamic presence of God. Our commitment to love, acceptance, and forgiveness allows God to bring people to wholeness through spiritual formation and restoration. That is the vision statement. That's the mission statement. That is everything that we do flows in and through this statement. Uh, it's what we are. You have it on, you have it on your person now. If you didn't get one when you came in, as you leave today, make sure you get one of those cars. Stick it, get two or three of them. Stick it on your refrigerator. Stick it on your windshield. Not in view, invisibility there, maybe, maybe you know, off to the side there. But put it there. Know it. Know it. If you're a part of this, this family of faith, then buy into what's going on here. And be a part of what's happening here because this is who we are. Do we get it right 100% of the time? No. We don't. But we're trying. Well, why don't you get it right 100% of the time? Because we're human. We're just a group of cave-dwelling, imperfect human beings that love Jesus. You say, why are you calling us quite cave-dwellers? Well, I like, the, I like the description of the mighty men of valor that went and followed David when he was in the caves. When he was running from Saul, he went and hid in the caves. And people began to come. And the Bible describes all the people that came. They were kind of like misfits. They didn't fit anywhere else. They were outcasts, and they were various types of individuals. They all began to flow into this area, this cave area in Israel there where David was hiding. And they became, from misfits, they became the mighty men of valor that David, that David fought with, 600 of them. And so that's why I refer to us as cave dwellers because, hey, we're just imperfect people. That's who we are. Today, we're going to look at making room for God as a family-oriented community of faith. The text that I want to look at, I'm, I, it's a really long text. Uh, I'm not going to read it all. It's, Matt, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. You can read it. It's in the notes there, a new version if you're following along. But it just says, as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its part, many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And then you go all the way down. It talks about I'm not the eye. If I say I'm not, I'm the eye. I'm, I'm, if I bleh, bleh, bleh. I've been off for two weeks and can't even talk. Because if a year should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And goes into all these descriptive phrases throughout this, but he ends it with this. Now you are a part of the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. It's a community of faith. We're all a part of this community of faith. The journey to a community at GenU has actually been one that's taken a lot of years. I've been, I've been the pastor of this church now for 28 years. 
Um, and, and we've tried various ways to form community here. We've had individuals that would lead community groups and small groups, and we had Sunday school classes back in the day when we called them Sunday school classes and all of those kind of things. And we've tried so many different ways. We had connecting points, and we had uh, life groups, and we've had all of these things down through the years, and they had a semblance of success, but they didn't, they, it didn't last. It didn't stick for some reason. I have no idea why. But we tried for a lot of years. And then finally one day we just quit trying. We just said, we're not going to do this anymore. And so for a number of years, we didn't do anything. We just had Sunday morning church, Wednesday night act, Bible study activities in here. And that was pretty much it. And so over time, what we noticed was that even though we tried various ways and various programs with little to no, no success whatsoever, people began to make this statement about Gen U. It's very friendly but I have a hard time connecting. Gen U is very friendly, but I have a hard time finding a place to connect. A lot of people came in here. They loved the music. They loved the preaching, but they couldn't find a place to connect. A number of years ago, I, was, I just started listening to what was said to me in the community, and I had over about a three-month period, I had 16 different people. I counted them. 16 different people stopped me at a Walmart or at Chick-fil-A or wherever I was and said, hey, are you the pastor of Generations United Church? Yes, I am. They said, oh, man, we visited for you, with you guys for a few weeks, and man, we love the music and we love the preaching, but we decided to settle over here. And I listened to that for a while. And at about number 13, I told Kim one day, I said, you know what, enough. I'm just going to start asking. And so I did. And so for the next couple of months, and people, it happened. About once a week, it would happen. Hey, you're the Yes, yes, we love the church. We love the music. We love the preaching. And, but we settled over here. Can I just ask you a question? Why? If you love the music and you love the preaching, why did you settle somewhere else? And they said, every one of them, every single solitary person said the exact same thing. We couldn't find a way to connect. Church is very friendly. They greet us on Sundays. They're very friendly. But we have no way to, to we, we want to be a part of a community. We want to, be a, we want to get in people's lives and have people in our lives. We wanted to be a part of something that we're, where we could do life together. And we just weren't doing that. It wasn't happening here. About four years ago, then talking with the eldership and the directors and with the staff, we've been praying and, and everything, and we just realized that if we're going to develop a community of faith here that is a bona fide, effective community of faith, that we had to have someone that that was their job. Thus, Tommy Brown returns. That's why Tommy's here. Tommy, when Terry, Pastor Terry was going to retire, Terry Poole retired. He passed away just a few weeks ago, as you know. But, but uh, when Pastor Terry was retiring, literally, the day that Terry told me that he was going to retire, I walked out of Terry's office. I was walking across from the office building, which is now the Group Life building, up to, the, to this building. And I get a phone call, and I look at it, and it's Tommy Brown. And I said, hey, Tommy, how you doing, man? He said, I want to come home. And I'm going, well, what do you mean you want to come home? He said, I want, I want to come back to Gen U. He, and he said this. He said, I know Pastor Terry's got to be getting close to retirement. <laughs> the day of, I mean, literally within minutes of Terry telling me he's going to retire, Tommy calls and says, hey, I know. And they hadn't talked because I quizzed them. 
like wisdom. But the deal, the deal is, Tommy, I, said, I told Tommy, I said, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I need. I need someone to develop spiritual formation and community formation. And you can't have one without the other. See, spiritual formation doesn't happen and doesn't occur outside of community. Oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't need people in my life. I just read the Bible on my own. That's great. But there's an element of your life that is missing in your spiritual formation. If you're not connected to a group of believers in some way, there's an element of your spiritual formation that goes lacking. Because biblical literacy tells us, if we understand Scripture and we know Scripture, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And especially more so as the end of time approaches. Hebrews. That's kind of like the Bible. It's God telling us through his word that we must be a part of a thriving community of faith. And we begin worshiping together. We study the word together. And we do life together. That's what he means. That's what the scripture says. That's what it's talking about here. Something for everyone. Family oriented from, from womb to tomb, if you will. Okay? We want you to be born here. If you weren't born here, we want you to be born again here. And we want you to live your life in community with us. And we want you to, to make friends and have people in your life that speak into your life and you can speak into their life. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all for. But here's some things that you need to, that I've learned about this whole thing. We're attempting to make room for God by becoming this community of faith, the ethos or the characteristic spirit of this community. The way it's manifested in its belief in that. Some things that we've learned is this, that community doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't happen accidentally. I want to be a part of community. Then you got to like be a part of community. You got to kind of like be there. The second thing that we've learned is this, that community does not happen on Sundays. This is a community of faith in corporate worship. You're not establishing and developing long-lasting relationships in here. We're here to sing worship songs and to worship God and experience God and listen to teaching and greet one another and all this kind of stuff. But if you're having long, in-depth conversations, then you're misusing Sunday. Okay? Community does not happen on Sunday mornings. Well, I'm, I'm a part of the church. I even joined. I've actually got a membership card from Generations United, and I feel that I'm not connected. What else are you doing? Are you a part of group life? Are you getting involved in small groups? You must engage. You must engage in a small group. Well, like I'll lead one, but I don't necessarily want to be a part of one. Here's the thing about people that lead small groups that, that have not been a part of small groups. Nobody comes. Yeah, but this topic is wonderful. People don't connect topically. They connect relationally, personally with the person. Get in a small group. Be a part of a small group for a semester or two. And then if something's burning and you sit down with Tommy and go, hey, I want to do this. And now you've got people that you've touched and people that have touched you. And you can go to that person and go, hey, I'm going to be teaching this. I'd love to have you be a part of it. And sometimes they come. Sometimes they do. But one thing that I know is this. That you can have the greatest topic in the world. But if you don't know people, they don't show up. They don't show up. So you've got to engage. You've got to engage. You've got to do more than Sunday morning. Um, they connect to a person first. And then the last one is just, just don't quit. 
Now, COVID has messed everybody up. Whether you're pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask, anti-mask, whatever you are, okay? It doesn't matter to me. I could care less. But here's what I know. That COVID has scared the world spitless. I may not understand that, okay? You know, and I know we got this Omnibron, Omnicon, om whatever, this new thing, okay? And I'm not making light of it, okay? I'm not making light of it. I'm simply saying to you that COVID has separated people from their community. And it's time to re-engage. Oh, but yeah, we're surging. Okay. Let's surge for Jesus. Okay. It's time to re-engage. It's time to reconnect. And it's time to return to community. To get back involved with it. To get back, to begin. If you've never been involved in a community here at GNU and you're a part of this, then I encourage you to do that. We've got expos coming up the 23rd and the 30th of the month. Find a small group. Connect with that small group. Get to know the people. Now, here's the thing. Don't sign up for a small group, go once and go, eh, it's not for me. And then get mad because you can't connect. There's going to be like 25 of them. You can do one a week for 13 weeks, 12 or 13 weeks during the semester. You might make a friend. You might make a friend. And once you make a friend, then you have a connection. It's important for us in 2022, more than it's ever been before, we have to become a part of a community of faith. And that does not happen on Sunday mornings. We have a great time. Kind of like a big old Christian party. Anybody ever been to a non-Christian party? It's okay to admit that. How many were there Friday night? <laughs> me and you, Zach. Because Kim and I went to one Friday night. They asked me to pray over the meal. And I did. Y'all know how I pray over meals, right? They asked me to pray over a meal. Preacher Phil, that's what they call me. Preacher Phil, would you pray over the meal? Yes. I did. The exact words of the host was, that ain't good enough. He prayed for 10 minutes. And then went over and got into the keg. All I'm saying is this. We have to connect. And we can't do it on Sundays. We can be friendly on Sundays, and I hope, we can, I hope that Genu continues to be the friendliest church on the planet. I really do. But if you want to connect here, then you got to get involved on Wednesday nights. you got to get involved in group life. you got to get involved in small groups, and you got to stay at it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, let me shift gears for just a second here. I'll close with this, Okay. I want to talk to you for just a second about your individual families. We've talked about the family of faith. In your individual family, do you make room for God? Do you make room for God? Just as here being a part of a community of faith and making room for God in, in, in the faith community doesn't happen without deliberate actions, the same thing must happen in your personal home. 
If you want to be a house where, where Jesus is worshipped and the Bible is taught, then you've got to engage in the worship of Jesus Christ and the teaching and the explanation of Scripture in your own household. You have to do that. The church cannot do that for you. I spent a lot of years as a youth pastor. It was amazing to me how many parents would bring me a kid in sixth grade and go, I want this kid back when he graduated from high school, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, uh, on-fire-for-Jesus Christian. But the only thing that they ever got from me was an hour a week plus some events throughout the year. Spend way more time with you as parents than they do with me as a youth pastor. And it's been the case with every youth pastor since Adam and Eve. Been a lot of them down through the years. Do you make room for God in your individual families? Is God the priority in your home? I say it all the time. You may get tired of hearing it, but I'm going to say it again this morning. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Whatever you seek first is what organizes your life. Whatever you seek first, I love, I love the New Living Translation. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. What is above God in your home? Is there anything above God in your home? What would your wife, dads, husbands, what would your wife and your kids say about God's place in your home? If we, if we put you in, in different rooms, interrogation rooms, and we interrogated your wife, what would she say about God's place in your home? Better yet, if we put your kids in a room and we said, hey, tell us about mom and dad in the home. Where does God fit in your house? What would they say? Well, kids are just kids. They're going to go, oh, no. Well, that's a problem. Do you understand if your kids say, if they were asked the question, where does God fit in your home? And your kids said, I don't know. That's not on the kid. That's on mom and dad. Y'all thought we were going to have this big rah-rah day today, didn't you? Where's God fit in your home? Well, I don't have a husband in my house. Okay. Mom, what would your kids say about you? I don't have a wife. Okay. Dad, where, what, would God, what would your kids say? Let me close with this. This time I'm landing the plane. If you were on trial for the way you carried out your faith in your home, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Let's stand. We have to make room for God in a community of faith. Making room for God in a community of faith means being a part of a, a big, the larger corporate community, but it also means being a part of smaller communities as well. Having individuals in your life. Being in other individuals' lives. Putting yourself out there. Engaging. Don't quit. If you have since COVID, it's time, it's time to get back at it. But COVID's not over yet. I know it's not. Probably never will be. I, I think we're just going to have to live with this thing. Just like we live with the flu and everything else. Yeah, but it's, listen to me. We have learned to live with the AIDS virus since the 80s. 
We can learn to live with this. God gave us a brain. This time we'll use it. Okay? Just use it. Don't live in fear. Re-engage. Reconnect. Return to community. And in your personal households, make sure the evidence is there that God is first. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, across this room, through the internet this morning, online, and wherever people may listen to this this week, God, I pray that you would just touch their hearts, that you speak deeply to each and every one of us, God, about making room for you in our families. Engaging in a family of faith. Connecting. Putting ourselves out there. Become a part of smaller groups, smaller elements of community. Don't just let Sunday be what we do. But God, in our personal family, in our individual families, let, by your Holy Spirit, God, just shake us to a core that we would recognize the, the need for you to be first. For you to be the priority in our households, God. There's so many things that pull at families. We get busy with this and busy with that. And, but do we take the time to elevate God to his rightful place in our households? Do your work in us Speak deeply to us today, God, and we'll give you praise and we'll give you glory. In Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And everybody said amen. amen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, and Tommy's going to come and, and close us out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.